Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome to today's issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. He is expected to be back in the captain's chair of the USS Enterprise tomorrow. It's just a little Star Trek reference to the nerds out there. Uh, we don't have too many nerds. Well, Fred, you're not really a nerd. Are you a Star Trek nerd? No, and I live in a household of nerds. <laughs> They're really into it. Uh, but, you know, I I do have to admit uh, they're winning me over yeah. uh, on some of the newer versions of this coming out. Uh, newer versions. Are you talking about Star Wars? No, not Star Wars. Uh, there's there's uh, another somewhat related. Oh, I can't think of the name right now. But it's been out in the last year and a half. Oh, so. okay. Uh, kind of updates on it. I can't follow it all. Right. If my daughter was here, she'd bring you she'd up be, to date. She'd be all in. All of this. I, I don't, I, I just am kind of kidding. I, I, I watch some of the Star Trek movies. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the old series, but there the have been, been a lot of Star Trek series that I just skipped. Yes. So your daughter would probably be ashamed of me. <laughs> you know, to pretend like I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of. She follows Star it, and, and and she's educating me. I'm, yeah, I'm being brought up. How about to that? date yeah. on things? So, yeah. so all dogs can learn new tricks. Yes, yes, they can. All right. Now, Chris Woodward, I'm guessing you're kind of a nerd. Are you kind of like a Star Trek sci-fi nerd? I enjoy Star Wars far more than Star Trek. And that that's always seems to be kind of a difference between people, Star Trek or Star Wars. Yeah. Star Star Trek. Now the newer ones since they've uh in amusing air quotes rebooted the franchise with like the newer films, um they're more Star Warsian. There's a nerdy <laughs> word than Star Trek. The uh the Star Trek TV show um eh, you know yeah. So it, 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 I, I like wars better than Trek. Okay. All right. All right, folks. Well, that's uh, that's two minutes of your life you'll never get back. Now, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Uh, all right. So uh, it is December 8th. We have Trivia Friday tomorrow, which means we've got to cram a lot of news into today's show because we're going to be goofing off tomorrow, having fun. So I'll be working. Huh? <laughs> you'll be working. You'll be working. Uh so we've got to we've got to hit all the important news uh in this show today. By the way, uh bottom of the hour we'll have Jan Markell on. We'll be talking with her uh about uh Benjamin Netanyahu back in charge, I should say, uh as Prime Minister elect of Israel and how's the Biden administration treating the incoming uh, prime minister, and we'll talk a little bit about what's happening with the Palestinians. So for those of you who've been listening for a long time, you know Jan Markell, uh, host of Understanding the Times, has a real solid grasp, not only of what the Bible says about the end times, uh, but also uh, stays very uh, highly informed about what's happening in that part of the world, by that part of the world, I mean nation of Israel and those countries surrounding it. So she'll be at the bottom of the hour. So, all right, Chris, let's go. One of our top stories right now on our website, which is AFN.net, 
involves uh, Russia freeing WNBA star Brittany Griner today in a dramatic high-level prisoner exchange with the U.S. agreeing to release notorious Russian arms dealer Victor Bout. We've got a couple of comments here. This has been a long-going um a long-running uh, story here, but Brittany Griner is coming back to the U.S. Uh, after being arrested in Russia for smuggling drugs into the country. I've got a couple of uh, audio bites here. Uh, let's do this one. It's Fox News personality and veteran Pete Hegseth doesn't exactly like the terms of today's prisoner swap. Clip one. It's a lopsidedly one-sided swap, an international arms dealer for someone who never should have been arrested in the first place. I mean, shouldn't have had the weed there, should have known better to go to Russia on the eve of a war. But uh, either way, uh, her offenses are a speck of dust compared to what this international arms dealer has done. And you're you're exactly right to focus on uh, Paul Whelan. This is a Marine who's been detained unlawfully for five years, arguably a more pressing case, uh, although Brittany Griner's case is a more high-profile case. This this reminds me of the types of trades the Israelis end up having to make with the Palestinians um, because of the, the radical nature of the opponent. They'll give back dead Israeli soldiers for live Palestinian terrorists. This is, this is uh, you know, one uh, WNBA player who's, in, you know, we're glad to have home as an American, for someone they've wanted for years. So right. this you got to think this was a moment of opportunity they were looking forward to. Wayland should have been a part of it, and we yeah. should have insisted yeah. for that to be the case. We just... All right, Fred, this is uh, – and I, I agree. Who was that that was speaking? Was that Pete, Pete Hegseth? Pete Hegseth, yes. All right. So I, I, I agree with the fact – I have no problem with trying to get Americans back home. Sure. Um, uh, Griner, uh, Brittany Griner, the uh, WNBA star – uh, totally disrespected Russian law um, by having drugs. I guess she thought that the Russians would treat her like district attorneys treat people in this country when they break the law, which is a slap on the wrist. She found out in a hurry that uh, America is still a pretty good place mm-hmm. uh, to live, and you get second chances here. You don't get second chances in Russia. So, But I am glad she's home or she's an American. I think the Russians played up her uh, situation, putting her in a very tough prison, making sure the world knew about it because they were they were angling to try to get this Russian arms dealer, Victor Bout, uh, released in exchange. But the uh, Biden administration failing to get the, the Marine yes. out is just unforgivable. Mm-hmm. There's no way this should have been a one to one for one swap. It it you know probably two for one is is not a good deal. But at least we would have got both of those folks. I I, I am always astonished at the decision making that goes on in the Biden administration that is so anti-American yep. to leave this Marine mm-hmm. over there when they could have pressed their case and said you want. Your Russian arms dealer back. You got to give us both Griner and Whalen, and they can't pull that deal off. No, I, I think when this is analyzed, uh, people will say similar things as they've been saying all along that we now have world leaders like Putin in Russia and uh, the Chinese and others who perceive Joe Biden as being very weak. Right. And, uh, Let's let's take advantage of that as kind of the collective thought of these world leaders, these 
thugs that are out there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I doubt there was very much of a negotiation at all on this. I'm not even sure if Paul Whelan's name may have come up for a few seconds. But the Russians just said, no, here's, here's what we're willing to do. We're willing to let uh, Brittany Griner go, uh, but you're going to let go this guy, this Russian felon, uh, and his name is Victor Bout. Uh, he is nicknamed the Merchant of Death. Let me just read from the Associated Press. In releasing Bout, the U.S. freed a former Soviet Army lieutenant colonel whom the Justice Department once described as one of the world's most prolific arms dealers. Bout, whose exploits inspired a Hollywood movie, was serving a 25-year sentence on charges that he conspired to sell tens of millions of dollars in weapons that U.S. officials said were to be used against Americans. So the Russians get this really bad guy, and America gets back a basketball player. I agree with Hexeth what you've said. It is good that an American was freed. But the headline I was reading on another news source just before coming in, America put celebrity over veteran. So yeah. Paul Whelan continues to be in a Russian prison. As I say, if his name came up at all, it probably lasted about a few seconds because the Russians knew that Biden would cave, quite frankly. Well, Chris, at, at, at least Brittany Griner is very pro-American, loves this country, uh, stands up for American values, right? Or, or, or is that? Or, that, or, sir, that, is fake news. Fake news, isn't it? It is. Yeah, Brittany Griner. A lot of people have have said, well, you know, it's kind of ironic. Now you get over there, you break the law, you get held to account for it, and then you ask the government that you've been critical of to help you get out of prison. Uh, a couple of examples. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, back in 2020, Griner made some comments that she didn't think the uh, national anthem should be played before WNBA games. She is also one of those professional athletes that has chosen to uh, not stand for the national anthem. Um, and that is uh, interesting because in his announcement today that Griner is coming home, President Biden praised her and said she's a great American. Clip two. She represents the best America, the best about America. It is across the board, everything about her. She wrote to me back in July. She didn't ask for special treatment, even though we've been working on a release from the day one. She requested a simple quote, please don't forget about me and the other American detainees. Please do all you can to bring us home. We never forgot about Brittany. We've not forgotten about Paul Whelan, who's been unjustly detained in Russia for years. Obviously, they chose not to bring him home, though. Mm-hmm. Well, look, first of all, uh, Brittany uh, 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 Griner mm-hmm. um, has every right to protest and not stand for the national anthem. Sure. That's part of what it means to be American. Okay. So I'm not critic. I, I disagree with her. Hmm. And I disagree with her stance. Uh, I don't like it, but she's free to do it. All right. However, you have Paul Whelan, a U.S. Marine, who sure enough has defended Brittany Griner's freedoms to do that. And he's left. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I do not believe, Fred, that that the Biden administration could only get Griner in, a, in exchange for Bout. I, yeah. I just I just I just do not believe that. I think that the uh, that Putin and the Russians in charge of this deal and the dialogue that went on knew that Biden was weak. Mm-hmm. knew that Biden 
wanted more than anything to get Brittany Griner back that they played hardball. Yeah. And once you once you have made it clear that you want to for the purpose of uh, political benefit, work out a deal to get this WNBA star released. Once you make that clear, people who play hardball will eat your lunch. And it, it seems clear to me that the, the Biden administration should have played hardball enough to get it's it's like a it's like any other trade. It's like a trade in sports. You don't give away a star player for someone who sits on the bench. Yeah. So you should have played hardball. And I just I just believe that the Biden administration gave away the store. I know I'm using multiple metaphors here. Gave away the store in an effort to demonstrate their wokeness because Brittany Griner is a lesbian. Yep. And they wanted to make sure they let the world know, hey, we are all in on supporting the LGBTQ community, not so much the Marine who's stuck over there. No, and despite the fact, that, as we've just pointed out, that Griner has been very open, she's anti-American. Yep. It was really interesting at the news conference this morning at the White House, and you mentioned that Brittany Griner is a lesbian. I found it interesting that Joe Biden insisted that uh, Griner's lesbian partner introduced as her wife. Uh, she was allowed to make a statement this morning, this partner at the yeah. news conference. Now, are they, uh, please understand when I, folks, when I put word it this way, I don't believe that this is a, a legitimate marriage. No, no, no. But are they legally married in, in, in some state here? They were, they were, <laughs> this is the confusing aspect of this. They were both referred to as wives. Okay. Uh, during the news conference this morning. All right. But but are, have they, have they actually gotten married? We don't know. Okay, that I don't know. all right. But that's that's what I'm saying. The the pro LGBTQ Biden administration puts that at the forefront of everything. Yes, and and that's why I believe the Russians knew mm-hmm. they could make the deal. Yeah, for their all star. Yes, for the Americans uh, bench player. Yes, using that metaphor. Yes. And, and, and that'll be talked about today. Uh, there is there is grave concern. Okay, so who do we have now to negotiate for Paul Whelan's release? Right. And the president, in that clip we played, the president clearly understands he's going to get criticized. Mm-hmm. We haven't forgotten about Paul Whelan. Yeah. Okay, well, then if you can't make a better deal than that, mm-hmm. all the suspicions we have about your competence uh, are justified. Yes. All right, this is a sad day for Paul Whalen. Folks, continue to pray for that Marine so that uh, somehow, some way, he might also be released. And I, I will say this if the Biden administration can get that guy out, Paul Whalen, mm-hmm. I will compliment them mm-hmm. for getting that done. But yeah. right now, I think they've played all their cards, and I don't know how that's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, while we are praying over that situation, I think it would be good if we also prayed for our federal legislators, uh, including Democrats, in the House. Uh, and I say that because uh, the House is set to give final approval today to legislation uh, protecting homosexual marriages and federal law, a move that uh, had help of many Republicans who surrendered to the homosexual activist agenda uh, in recent days. Of course, as we have talked about on the show, you had 12 Republican senators, including Mitt Romney, and a few others, 
that uh, agreed to get this through the Senate uh, to a final vote, and it, of course, passed. Uh, they made some changes to that, none of which benefit uh, people on the center-right. Um, so it goes back to the House for approval. They're most likely going to approve it, uh, and uh, Joe Biden will be happy to sign it. But, again, as I mentioned, I think it's been good uh, that we pray for hearts and minds to be changed here. Uh, things can happen. Well, Fred, this never would have happened if Republicans had not abandoned the Republican Party platform, yes, which clearly states the GOP's uh, promotion of the natural marriage model, one man, one woman. Mm-hmm. These Republicans in the House and the Senate abandoned the party platform. Some of them abandoned their Christian faith, yes. like uh, people like Joni Ernst, who mm-hmm. said that she decided to vote for it because she has a homosexual friend. Yes. Uh, we, we, now, we've dealt with that, but uh, this is kind of a sorry day for the Republican Party. I hope the GOP is not indicating that they are going to further undermine their commitment to natural marriage in, in the future. I think going forward, uh, what we're going to have to be watchful about uh, these Republicans, and it was uh, Republican Susan Collins of Maine, uh, working together with uh, the Democrats, they came up with this so-called protection, religious protection. Remember, uh, we discussed this last week uh, in, in the Senate. And we expressed concern that it, it really, and when I say we, the American Family Association and other pro-family groups, expressed concern, no, this is this only protects a pastor from having to perform a homosexual wedding. Right. So we're going to be watching very carefully because these Republican senators and those Republicans in the House, there were 47 of them at the time when this was initially voted on in the House back in June or July. Uh, they were assuring people that this would not result in the persecution of Christians for their beliefs uh, against homosexuality. So we're going to be watching very carefully. There have been so many cases now where Christian business people, we've talked about Jack Phillips, we've talked about Lloyd Smith, we've talked about Baronel Stutzman and others, Christian business people who have been persecuted because they're not willing to make a cake for a homosexual wedding or do a website for a homosexual wedding, etc., etc. So uh, when this is passed, I am going to be waiting and watching to see the first challenge made against Christians, uh, against a Christian organization who all of a sudden finds himself with an employee who comes out as a homosexual. Or Christian college. Or Or Christian college. Can they fire them? Right. And watch the Biden administration, the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department. We're going to be watching to see if they go after those Christian colleges or Christian organizations who say, no, the beliefs of this individual now are contrary to what we stand for. We're going to fire that individual. Well, I think what we've seen already in in the almost two years, not yet two years, been a very long uh, couple of years just under that of the Biden administration. But we have seen the weaponization of the Justice Department countless times. I have zero doubt uh, whether or not the Justice Department will go after Yes. Christians. Mm-hmm. They, they've already, the Biden administration has already tried to force Christians to go against their consciences, whether they're doctors or others in the medical field. No, you will uh, provide abortions. You will perform abortions. You will perform surgeries on transgender 
children, all those kinds of things. Yes. Now, battles have been fought in court, and the Biden administration has lost some of those, but I have zero doubt that if this law is finally passed, it looks like it will today, right, Chris, mm-hmm. today, that uh, that the Justice Department will go after Christian organizations uh, in order to subjugate them to the LGBTQ agenda. Yeah, I, I would say within a year you will start to see cases. Yes. Within well, a year. Because what we know, we know that, like with Baronel Stutzman and these others, homosexual individuals or couples or groups uh, who claim to be the victims yeah. in society mm-hmm. of discrimination are always the ones to go and try to bludgeon mm-hmm. individuals, businesses, what have you, into submission and get a quick payday. Yes. That's what they oftentimes are after. So we will wait and see, and maybe this is much ado about nothing, but that's not the way the homosexual agenda has operated in the past. When they get a opportunity, Christians are the ones who are targeted. All right, we got a couple of minutes before the break. What yeah. else we got? Chris? I want to bring attention to another story on AFN.net. Poll numbers are still terrible uh, for Joe Biden. Uh, we've got a new poll from the Associated Press out today that finds 43% of U.S. adults say they approve of the way Biden is handling his job as president, while 55% disapprove. That is similar to October, just weeks before the uh, November 8th elections, which Joe Biden went to the podium and said, hey, it wasn't as bad as people said it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, listen, uh, Joe Biden appears, Fred, to be contemplating running again in 2024. Mm -hmm. And the Democratic Party is going to have a real problem on its hands if he does decide to run, because it is very it's humiliating for a sitting president to be primaried uh, for the nomination. Yes. So they're they're stuck. Do you stick with a clearly incompetent um, president who wants to run again, but who's underwater in terms of popularity? Fifty five percent opposed. And I think it's just going to get worse. And and do you stick with him to save the embarrassment of saying we don't think he's competent either? And so we're going to have four or five people running against it. That's going to be a very difficult situation for the Democrats to, in the next couple of years, to uh, contemplate. But you know what? If he is at the top of the ticket in 24, uh, uh, people will vote for him. Democrats. Oh, sure. They'll, they'll stand with him. And I have two words to, for that for that conclusion. John Fetterman. Oh, they did. They voted for John Fetterman. John, you talk about... Bad candidates. This is the lieutenant governor in uh, Pennsylvania who won the gubernatorial race. Yeah, uh, who uh, didn't debate until the last minute. Right. The Republican candidate could barely speak, uh, did a terrible job during the debate, uh, was not known to accomplish anything as lieutenant governor. Very radical policies. Radical mm-hmm. policies. And yet uh, Democrats in Pennsylvania I have selected him to be their next senator. All right. So uh, with the Democrats. Senator, I'm sorry. I meant- uh, Yes. For Democrats, it doesn't matter who's at the top of the ticket. We're voting for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse, we don't care. <laughs> uh, we're going to vote for them. That's, that's just the way Democrats are because it's all about power. Right. Yes, that's right. Uh, Fetterman got uh, won the, the seat of uh, retiring 
Republican Senator Pat Toomey. Yep. Um, yeah. No, Mickey Mouse. I, I, I think, I think the the Democrats might have that at the top of their ticket coming for twenty. They would vote for Mickey Mouse just to like. You know, uh, thumb their nose at Ron DeSantis or somebody that's been fighting Disney because yeah. Mickey's a minority. <laughs> and where's the vice president been? Uh, maybe we can talk about she that. She showed up Russ. this morning, did she? Yeah, All right, she I hadn't up. heard hiding her hair from Kamala Harris. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break, uh, and when we come back, Jan Markell will uh, join us. Uh, don't forget to tune in. By now, you know that Sandy Rios has stepped away from the morning show. But don't despair. Sandy is shifting her talents to podcasting. She'll still be a part of AFR. And now, she won't need to wake up hours before the sun to keep us informed and encouraged every day. On the podcast, Sandy Rios 24-7, you can enjoy the knowledge, insight, and interviews you've always loved on Sandy's morning show. Sandy Rios 24-7, beginning the week of January 9th on AFR.net. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Public libraries around the nation are rolling out the glitter carpet for drag queens, but Jesus is getting the heave-ho. More than 50 taxpayer-funded libraries have apparently refused to host story times featuring Kirk Cameron. Mr. Cameron's a well-known conservative actor, Hollywood producer, most recently wrote a children's book series promoting faith, family, and biblical values. One Rhode Island library turned down the book, citing in a message to Cameron's publisher, they were a queer-friendly library. A San Diego library rejected the book because of their diverse community. So reading books about teenage boys slipping into sparkly dresses and high heels is okay, but reading books about God is apparently homophobic and triggering. It's understandable so many Americans believe their local libraries have become gay propaganda centers. And it seems to me if these taxpayer-funded libraries can host non-binary, pronoun-confused authors of color, they can certainly squeeze in a Christian heterosexual white dude. I'm Todd Starnes. Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when Christ appears, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as Christ is pure. 1 John 3, 2-3 
two and three. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. And welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Do you want to make a, a one comment just to kind of tidy up uh, our discussion from before the break? Uh, Tony on Facebook did ask a good question about uh, uh, the exchange, the, the kind of prisoner exchange that we uh, had uh, uh, Griner, uh, uh, Brittany Griner, for um, the uh, Russian uh, arms dealer, the merchant of death, Victor Bout. Uh, why didn't President Trump bring uh, Paul Whelan home? It's a great question. My own personal opinion, I'm just going to just toss this in so we kind of wrap this up. My own personal opinion is you do not trade Victor Bout. Mm. Okay. But the point I'm making is if you're going to, if you're going to make a deal, you don't just bring Brittany Griner home. Mm-hmm. You you get a lot more in that exchange than just a WNBA star. So it's a good point, uh, Tony. These things are very difficult. The, the U.S. Uh, rarely has traded those kind of big name, uh, made those kind of big name swaps. So uh, good point, but I did want to make mention of the fact I don't think you should normally trade someone of uh, that kind of value uh, anyway, so, uh, but we will move on from that discussion. I'm sure the Paul Whelan situation will be discussed, uh, more going on the rest of this week. Do want to, uh, welcome back to today's issues. Jan Markell, host of Understanding the Times, heard Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central Time and Sundays at 12 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Jan, welcome back. Yeah, thank you, Ed. Glad to be back. Uh, Fred, uh, what's the uh, issue that we wanted to discuss with uh, Jan today? Well, first, before we get to the, the, the major issue, uh, in Tim's absence, I have to, <laughs> ma- I have to make a weather comment. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, I, have, you, have you got the dog sled ready to go uh, yet up there in, in Minneapolis? Have well, had- I have cat sleds here. <laughs> Cat sleds. You know, yeah. I gotta, I gotta say, Jen, I, I think I'd pay to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a couple of cats, and they're the best. <laughs> so, um, uh, by the way, uh, uh, glad you're feeling better. Uh, we haven't had you Thank on you. the show uh, in about a month or whatever. You've uh, you yeah. b- battled through some things, so we're glad I you're. Did. Uh, Thank you. You're, Thank you're you feeling so much. Better. Yeah. And uh, we do encourage our, our folks to uh, to pray for our uh our hosts and those our guests and the ministries that they have because uh this is a uh god has blessed this country with a lot of wonderful ministries including uh, all that jan does for the body of christ and the kingdom well, thank so you folks so much continue to pray for opportunities for the gospel amen amen well jan uh we but, you know, Prime Minister Netanyahu, I guess he's still elected at this point, but uh, he's coming back into office. He's been able yeah. to pull together a coalition, and there have been stories about that uh, uh, with regards to how things operate in Israel, so many different political parties. But uh, there are indications that the Biden administration is not happy 
that Netanyahu is going to be back in the prime minister's chair. And uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, why would they be bitter about that? Why would the Biden administration be bitter? Because we remember what it was like when uh, uh, President uh, Trump was in office. Things, the relationship between the United States and Israel, better than it's been in decades, quite frankly. And we know what Trump did with regards to moving our U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv. Uh, to Jerusalem. And he was a unapologetic defender, Trump was, of Israel. We're not seeing the same degree of enthusiasm now with the Biden administration. Why do you suppose that is? Well, first of all, that's a, that's that's an understatement that you just spoke. Um, so true, <clears throat> sadly so true. It's no secret <clears throat> that the Biden administration is deeply disappointed that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and the Likud party uh, is going to be running the country here very soon. And um, Secretary of State Tony Blinken, you know, not helping at all, he's out speaking to anti-Israel groups. But I think we need to look at some things going on in the Middle East, and, if, and in the interest of time, we can just focus on on Iran, and, and, and so it may be pleasing, for instance, for Tony Blinken to uh, sort of uh, diss Israel's leader or Biden diss Benjamin Netanyahu. But the question is, is it wise to antagonize a close ally that we're going to need as Iran is racing at jet speed to become a nuclear power? And yet we are throwing America, that is, and the Biden administration, throwing Israel under the bus because they don't like Prime Minister to be Benjamin Netanyahu. And then we stand by and watch Iran, probably the most dangerous nation on the planet, become nuclear armed. When we need, my point is, we need a trusted ally in the Middle East, and there's no more trusted ally than Israel. Yeah. You uh, sent us a story. Uh, our Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, who you mentioned, spoke to uh, the annual yeah. meeting of the Jewish group J Street. Now, some people listening mm-hmm. may say, well, wait a minute, what's the problem with that? It's a Jewish group. But a lot of people here in this country, Jan, do not understand there are far left Jewish yeah. groups in this country who don't like Netanyahu, uh, who don't like uh, the fact that... Uh, Israel has settlements in the West Bank, and they even believe we ought to go back and, and just give the West Bank over to the Palestinians. Uh, so talk a little bit about that, the fact that there are Jewish groups, and this particular yeah. Jewish group, J Street, gets some of its funding from George Soros. Yeah. It's hard to understand. There are what we would call self-hating Jews. They, they, they're embarrassed about their heritage. They're embarrassed about the rebirth of the nation of Israel. J Street would be just one of those. There are many. And it, I mean, there are some prominent Jews in Washington. I won't get into naming them politicians at all who, who I think are embarrassed at their own, at their own heritage when, in fact, um, you know, the Bible outlines a tremendous role and responsibility for the Jewish people, particularly in the last days. But you're right. Mr. Blinken is going to be addressing what's called J Street. It's an, it's a Jewish group, but it's anti-Jewish. Try to figure that one out. It's anti-Israel, and that's the group 
the Biden administration has chosen to send its top representative to speak to J Street. So, again, I think we look we we need to focus perhaps only on one verse, and that would be Genesis twelve three. And there, God says, "I'm going to bless the the nation, the individual, the government that blesses Israel." And if you're going to curse Israel, the nation, the president, the administration, you're going to be cursed. I mean, that should send a terrible warning to Washington and also be a wake-up call for some listeners if they don't understand this. Well, uh, Jan, I think that J Street uh, group uh, even wants uh, Israel to go back to the 1948, uh, you know, boundaries which would be the death of of the of the country. They would never be able to defend themselves if they uh, went back to those kinds of boundaries. So, uh, to yeah. your point is well but, taken. But you know, even here in America, if you can make a comparison, we have the radical left here in America who hate America, even though they're Americans, right. and they've been given all the pleasures and bounties of life because they live here, but they hate the country. Mm. So, I think this is a a leftist mindset, Fred, that is very, it's dangerous, it's uh, non-biblical, and quite frankly, in the natural, it's frightening. Yes. Uh, Jan, what what have you got coming up uh, this weekend? Uh, what, do you, what are your plans for your show? And, and if you've got a, a conference or something coming up uh, that you'd like our listeners to know about so they might be able to attend, uh, give us that information as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, the conference, uh, many conference coming up in January. We can talk perhaps uh, uh, next time on that. But uh, this weekend, we're going to look at COP27. And why on earth has the whole climate ordeal uh, completely, literally overtaken the planet as some kind of an obsession? But this is what happened in November when I think almost 100 nations gathered in Egypt to consider how they can, you know, stop the greenhouse gases, et cetera. It's become an obsession, and it's. I think they're worshiping the earth because they don't care to worship Father God. They'd rather worship Mother Earth. And we got to take a look at this as Christians. We really do. All right. That'll be uh, this weekend, then, for uh, Jan yes. Markell mm-hmm. for her show. Jan, thank you so much for uh, being on thank with us. And uh, look thank forward to the program this weekend. All right. Thanks a lot. That's uh, Jan Markell, host of Understanding the Times, heard on American Family Radio this weekend, Saturday at 1 p.m. Central Time, and then Sunday at 12 p.m. Central Time. Well, that's going to be a great show, Fred, because mm-hmm. uh, Jan's exactly right. There, this the the elite. Let's put it that way. the The international elite, the globalists, are obsessed with this issue. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but they are obsessed with this issue. And I think it goes right to the heart of what Jan was saying is a kind of Romans one thing. When you refuse to give glory to the God who created us, yes, you've got to pick something because everybody worships something. Yeah. And they're and worshiping it, the creation, these radical yes. environmentalists. And, uh, you know, Jan has great guests on her program. Not sure who she's going to be talking to this weekend, but, but often her guests point to the fact and, 
her guest when she was talking about the uh, globalist agenda with the uh, COVID lockdowns, et cetera, yes. et cetera. It is control over the people. And that is what the environmental uh, movement, the radical environmental movement is all about. I've often said, I mean, I, I don't have a problem. You want to put a windmill in your backyard? Go right. ahead. You know, if you want to put a solar panel on your house, go ahead. You want to pay big money for an electric vehicle? Uh, there's nothing wrong. I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, yeah, go ahead and do that. But to start punishing people, uh, it's very interesting. There's a follow-up to this uh, Egypt conference that uh, Jan was just talking about going on in Montreal in the next few days. And they're going to start sending, uh, setting these goals uh, for cutting back on uh, on carbon output, that sort of thing. Uh, I tell you what, it's getting very serious in Canada. Uh, the uh, premier of the province of Alberta, that's the equivalent of a governor of a state. Right. The premier out there is considering kind of an, an, an independence of the federal government movement in Alberta. And the reason, one of the reasons being... She says, I don't want the federal government in Ottawa dictating how much fertilizer our farmers get. Right. And you say, what does that have to do with the environmental movement? Well, fertilizer has petroleum product in it. That you use petroleum to make fertilizer. Exactly. And there is a proposal by these people to cut back on fertilizer. And what does that do? That cuts back on the food you can produce. These people are crazy. They are. And I'll tell you something else. The the blindness that has overtaken these people, yes. the blindness is going to cause, I, I think, the potential for massive death Yes, in the next couple of years. Uh, I'm not talking about billions, but uh, you're talking about uh, possible the possibility of severe food shortages. Yes. Uh, people dying because of brownouts or not having enough uh, money or fuel available to heat their homes, all these kinds of things. I, I, people not being able to go to work. You have some, some places, where was it that was saying, was it uh, Sweden? Yeah. Uh, where they said they, they were wanting people with electric vehicles to stop charging their cars. Yeah. Keep the vehicles at home. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how do you go to work? How do you make a living? It, it, this blindness and it is self-inflicted mm-hmm. is going to cost lives. And the, the issue is these elites they're not going to starve. Nope. They're going to have food. They're going to have everything they need. Uh, and that's why you see them always willing to uh, fly around on their private jets and make these speeches and make these appeals. Uh, but it's the it's the people down the ladder yes. who suffer the consequences of these kinds of uh, insane policies. All right. Rant it ended. Chris, what else we got? Well, speaking of insane policies, one of the things that's popular amongst uh, big city district attorneys um, involves just kind of, you know, slapping somebody on the wrist when they steal things or uh, doing something deemed uh, a non, you know, harmful crime or something like that. Um, and it's caused uh, a lot of people to, I think, feel emboldened, uh, maybe show up at retail stores and just. You know, either grab something and run out, or in some cases, people just grab stuff and then just, you know, saunter out like they're, you know, uh, just minding their own business or whatnot. I've got some audio here of uh, businessman Bob Nardelli. He's the former chairman and chief executive officer of a couple of big companies, Home Depot and Chrysler Automotive. Uh, And he was on Fox News talking about how thieves feel entitled these days or emboldened. Clip 11. 
But today, this thing is, is an epidemic. It's spreading faster than COVID. And the degree of, of uh, severity of now it's not just theft, it's smash and grab. Yeah. There's, there's an entitlement out there that if you have it, you've worked hard to earn it, I want it, I'm just going to take it. Whether it's a car or the, 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 show, the, the video you showed of the individual walking out with those sprayers, five, six, seven sprayers, yeah. as long as it's under 800 to to $1,000, it's kind of an entitlement. You can take it. Yeah. And, and that's just having a tremendous impact. Yeah, you know, and we're going to hear more about this tomorrow because I don't see any of these DAs changing. Well, didn't we uh, – I, I, sometimes I can't remember. We cover uh, so many stories in our story meeting, don't always get to them. Uh, Walmart. Do we ever get to the story about Walmart possibly closing in uh, uh, Calif- big California? Not during cities? my segment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It it uh, we talked about it a couple of days ago. Walmart the CEO of Walmart announced that they may have to start shutting down stores because of the level of theft. You had Target announcing about a month ago they've lost four hundred million dollars in theft in the last year. Now, and and we already already have seen. Uh, stores like CVS or Walgreens in some of these big cities, especially on the uh, insane left coast, who have closed. Yeah. So, so th- th- this is this goes right to what we were talking about just a moment ago. You have these global elites who say they know what's best for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So you have George Soros spending money to get elected in big cities. These district attorneys that are radical leftists. They're not prosecuting crimes, and they're doing that, not prosecuting crimes, because they claim they're trying to help people of color, minority yes. groups. Yes. What they're actually doing is causing so much crime that stores are leaving yes. these minority communities mm-hmm. because they can't afford to stay open, which punishes the minority community. They got yes. nowhere to go to buy stuff. Yes. And this is... The kind of thing that I was talking about where these insane policies, I was talking about the loss of life, but there's a lot of other things going on as well that are making people's lives miserable in these big cities. Oh, absolutely. And this former uh, uh, CEO of uh, Home Depot that we just heard from, uh, Bob uh, Nartelli. Nardelli. Nardelli. uh, He's exactly right. And conservatives have been saying this for some time. This entitlement mentality that our kids are being taught from elementary grades right right through school, that if you are growing up in a poverty situation, it is not your fault. Right. It is, uh, and basically it is the, the white privilege, it is critical race theory. All of this comes together in this idea of a feeling of entitlement that I can go in and I have a right... I, we're seeing videos almost on a daily basis now where people walk out. And I saw a video the other day where some guys walk into this store. There's a group of Asians and it was a group of Asians sitting around. I don't know what city it was, but these guys just grabbed their purses, just said, okay, very nice purse. I'm taking, I'm out of here. Yeah. They were just, these kids were just sitting there with their, with the, it was a group of young ladies and they had their purse and they just came in and took them. Uh, because and we've seen this over and over again. We're seeing the violence on the streets of New York. There was a video the other day. Guy pulls a baseball bat. Yeah, out of his sweats. Out of his sweats and just corks this other person walking by. Well, this uh, elderly gentleman was it at Home Depot? Yes, it who, was. Who's a, a greeter? Yeah, and was assaulted. 
as he attempted to stop someone from stealing, yeah. he wound up dying. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, in addition to uh, these smash and grabs because somebody feels entitled, there are um, reports out there uh, from law enforcement organizations and uh, an outfit called USIT, which is uh, all about protecting America from illegal trade. They've been uh, making the rounds on news outlets uh, here in recent weeks, pointing out that in some cases, uh, these smash and grabs are part of a, a large organized retail crime outfit. Um, so it's basically like the mob, if you want to right. think about it, hiring people, finding ways to get people to go do these things. And then they turn around and they sell these things on, uh, they sell them online. They create face, uh, fake websites, things that would get your attention. If perhaps you're doing some online shopping for your wife and you think, Oh, my wife wants a purse for Christmas. This website here has it for $200 cheaper than this other place right. over here. So I'm going to save some money and, you know, make my wife so happy and stuff like that. Little do consumers know that. When they're trying to save a buck, and many people are in this economy, they're actually funding things like drug dealing and human trafficking, which USAIT, uh, USAIT and uh, Homeland Security have both said in recent weeks, um, a lot of your shopping dollars are funding these things. Mm-hmm. You're yep. buying stolen goods, and you don't realize it. So the, the, the advice would be to either, stop, either shop at the brick-and-mortar store's that you're familiar with Mm -hmm. or maybe a local place where you know the owners, or if you are going to shop online, make sure it's with a reputable outfit because I hadn't, I had not thought about this. So a lot of these kinds of crimes would uh, allow these products to be sold on websites that are less well-known and maybe you're here today, gone tomorrow. Bottom line, Nike is not spelled with three K's. So if you're buying it from a website or somebody on Facebook and there's, there's, you know, if there's a whole bunch of um, spelling errors, like in the, in the listing for the item, something's up, you know, but read there the are reviews, a lot of, look at there the are a lot of, you know, peer to peer kind of websites mm-hmm. where you, uh, was it Etsy? And I listen, by, by the way, I'm not criticizing Etsy or any, some of these others, eBay or whatever. I, I certainly don't want to get sued. But these are individual-to-individual interactions, right? Mm -hmm. So those companies that have that platform probably cannot validate the products that are being sold or where they came from is the point I'm trying to make. Uh, I don't even know. Is is Etsy one of those kinds of places where you you sell something that's individual-to-individual? Right. And even Walmart, uh, you know, Walmart from time to time, as an example, uh, we've uh, we've taken them to task or kind of scratched our heads because they've uh, sold merchandise on their website that we took great exception to, Um, um, you know, things that you wouldn't expect to see on the Walmart website. But I know Walmart has always fallen back on, and again, I'm just using them as an example, I'm sure Target does this as well. But Walmart has pointed out, well, that's a, that's a third-party retailer yes. on our website. So there are people on big-name websites that are even hawking goods that uh, you know may not be for you. And, and the reason they do that is they get a percentage, I'm guessing. Right. Walmart does or whoever else does it. Yeah, the, I, I forgot about that. There would be times when T-shirts were being sold with just horrifying messages. USSR material. Yeah, and, and, so, and we would complain. They'd say, it's a third-party. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, it, it's the wild, wild west out there, folks, in a lot of ways. And you really have to be careful because I had not even thought about these kinds of uh, smash and grabs being used, uh, the products being used that are stolen. Oh, yeah. In fact, I always thought, well, where are these people? They, maybe they give them away, but are they selling them, uh, you know, at, at some 
you know, store in in the community? Where how are they fencing them? But I hadn't thought about online. Yeah. If, you're buying a, if you're buying a, a bag, let's say a Louis Vuitton bag, from somebody on a street corner or in a back alley, <laughs> odds are that's not a legit product. <laughs> it's like the old one, a guy selling watches on the yeah. street. Yes, I, you want a Rolex old... and it's got two X's. Yeah. <laughs> or the old uh, old cartoons, I think it was, with you know the guy with the trench coat, and he opens the trench coat, and there's all kinds of watches. And, uh, yes, it's got a mini jewelry store inside. Yeah. His right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing suspicious about that. Is this a material hot? No, absolutely not. Just a legitimate businessman. I do have some uh, some positive news uh, in the well, we way of gas that. prices. Yeah, good. We are, Go. we are now paying less for a gallon of regular today than we were this time last year. That's been a big issue all year. Uh, gas has been up for you know a year, and certainly it's nowhere near as bad as it was a few months ago. Uh, but the national average for a gallon of regular today is three dollars thirty-two cents. This time last year, three thirty-four. Diesel five dollars on average, uh, but that's down from five thirty-four last month. It's more than this time last year. Certainly, it could be a lot better if the administration was more open to uh, fossil fuels. Uh, but we are paying less today than we were this time last year when prices started going up before. Russia uh, invaded Ukraine. Yeah, so, so according them. to the Biden administration, to President Biden himself, mm-hmm. we should thank, for this price decrease, we should thank Vladimir Putin. <laughs> because he blamed Vladimir Putin for the price at the pump That's right. six months ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if it was Putin's fault then, Putin gets the uh, the applause now, right? I have my doubts. I have my. You don't think you hear hear that from Joe? I'm not trying, you know, not to be cynical, but I have my doubts. Yeah. All right, folks, uh, we're going to take a five minute break for news, and when we come back, Steve Jordahl will join us for the last segment of today's issues. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network again. Five minute break for news, and we will return. Hope you'll join us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.